If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. This is Internet Marketing. Hi, my name's Kelvin Newman, founder of Brighton SEO and regular contributor to the Internet Marketing Podcast. Now, in today's episode, we've got something a little bit different. As you may know, Brighton SEO is a SEO conference. It takes place twice a year in Brighton. You can tell our SEO named it because it's called Brighton SEO. It's in Brighton and it covers SEO. Now, what's a bit different to some other conferences is that we run a number of training courses the day before the event. In fact, we've got 21 different courses we're running before the next event in April. Now, there's lots of different courses to choose from, but choosing which one's the right one for you and, you know, getting a sense of if that's the right topic you want to learn about can be really tricky. So what we've done is we've got a few of the trainers to kind of share their experience and give you a bit of a taste of them as a trainer and the topics that they cover. If you're interested in finding out more about the training courses and seeing how much they cost when they're taking place and all of that kind of information, you can find that all out at brightonseo.com forward slash training. So I'm joined today by Ned Poulter. He's the trainer on our paid social course we're running ahead of the next Brighton SEO. Ned, it would be great if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved and started in paid social. Of course. Thanks very much for having me, Kelvin. So, a little bit about me. I am CEO and founder of a digital marketing consultancy called Polestar Digital. I specialized originally in SEO, which I still do a lot of, but kind of over my career have started looking at other channels, specifically paid, I suppose, because when it comes to search, everything involved in SEO is quite related to paid search as well. And then quite recently, uh, I suppose, in the grand scheme of things, in the last couple of years, I've been really involved with some clients' paid social strategy. Um, and that's basically because paid social became a thing, um, <laughs> which it wasn't before. We, we kind of have seen the growth of social networks some obvious ones, which kind of jump out there, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And either through floating through, uh, through an, for an IPO and trying to monetize their platform or otherwise, they had to advertise on it. So they've been developing products to varying degrees of success and they're being adopted more and more because mm. guess what? People spend a lot of time on social media nowadays. 
And what are some of the kind of projects you've worked on, the types of websites that you've been involved in into in kind of delivering paid social campaigns? So the biggest and probably the most recognized was working with a company which was called 6520, is now called the Lad Bible Group. I was working with the Lad Bible, which I believe is the biggest social media property in the UK. Uh, it's also got a fairly huge reach worldwide as well, as well as the Sport Bible, which is their kind of sister company, as it were, which obviously specializes in sport, and Pretty 52, which is, okay. I suppose, they kind of sub, they, well, they dub as the Lass Bible. Um, but okay. yeah, working basically to increase engagement in a time where they saw organic reach got really kind of hamstrung by Facebook in mm. particular, because a lot of people were having their cake and eating it for free, which is where these companies mm. started. And there was a real turning point, which is about midway through last year, where they pretty much just stopped it and, yeah. and engagement rates completely fell off a cliff. So it was about working with them to increase engagement among their audience and also for potential people that could fit that audience. And do you find in kind of particularly with Facebook when kind of conducting paid social campaigns that you need to treat the kind of because there's two parts, isn't there? There's the kind of well, how do we reach the people who have already liked our page and increase the likelihood of them being exposed to our content or, or our offers or the things we're promoting? And then additionally, there's the how do we promote to people who don't yet know us? Is there kind of a difference in approach? Is there some similarities, things that work well for one, less for the others, or is it actually um, surprisingly similar? I think this is a really key thing, actually. This is the key thing, in my opinion, with paid social. The main thing is audiences. Audiences and how you create custom audiences or lookalike audiences or target certain audiences based off liking your competitors, for example, that is really where the heavy lifting is done across paid social. It's also really creeped into paid search and dynamic remarketing or, or anything surrounding that as well. And that is really the kind of key thing which separates it. And what's quite interesting is you can see that a lot of agencies or bigger companies don't really know where to put paid social because it's either given to the paid search department, which are totally nothing to do with the social media and they treat it in a very paid search way. It's, it can sometimes reside with the social media department if that exists which probably deal with the more organic side of things and, and therefore are not so well inclined to paid budgets or, or, or how to approach that. Um, so marketers rather than advertisers and that kind of thing. Exactly. Instance, and, and then sometimes, and I see this quite a lot, it sits kind of in between and no one really has a responsibility for it. And I think that's probably geared through how new it is I mean, it's literally a few years it's been around. Um, by comparison, AdWords has been around 16 years now. So that's obviously developed as, as the market has moved and as marketers themselves have, have adapted and changed. But, so do you think it's a skill set that's in demand then, Ned? Are you seeing that kind of like it's a, an area that like people, it's a, a good skill to have on the CV, so to speak? I really do. And I think, again, it who should have those skills is still being defined. But it's certainly going to be sought after by recruiters. Because if you do, for example, work in social media, 
and you've worked in a branding communication kind of uh, point of view, but you have an understanding of paid social, that's that's seriously going to boost your potential when it comes to that side of things. Or even if you sit in another channel altogether, be it paid search or something outside of social media, maybe, you will see that there will be an increasing shift to broaden your reach and also expand increase your results that you're getting basically which is pretty much what agencies do as well as in-house staff and yeah i think i think increasingly so it's 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 going to be very sought after if it's not already because i know you can see an awful lot of positions that are advertising for people specifically that have paid search uh, paid social experience and i don't think there's kind of a level playing field out there so I think by really kind of spearheading your knowledge in this section, uh, you could you could you could kind of open up a lot of opportunities for yourself. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, I think it's for agencies or freelancers. It's another skill set where there's less competition for that, maybe than maybe some of the other disciplines that kind of are related to that. I suppose if you're working brand side, it's a you know something that probably you know there's going to be a lot faster career progression within an organisation and deliver good results. And if you're, I suppose, the business owner, it's one that perhaps isn't always necessarily delivered that well. So it's a good kind of commercial opportunity on that side of things. Sure. So what I, I kind of we've talked a bit about Facebook. I know you cover Twitter. I know you cover. Instagram. Instagram, I know, you know, LinkedIn is, you know, touched upon as well. And what kind of some of the key things that you cover in a, in a, in a day's training around paid social? So it really, really depends on obviously where everybody's at with their knowledge and how they've approached it. I think because we're talking about different channels, different ad platforms and different media in that respect, it can vary a lot. Uh, which is something for me as the trainer, I have to figure out and shape the training so it's useful mm. for everyone. Um, Tailor it as well, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, which I certainly look to do with every training session that I do. But in terms of specific things, it's basically going beyond the so-called best practices, which if you look at the kind of advert manager tutorial sections on some of these sites, some of which are better than others, it's, it's taking it to the next level. And as I mentioned before, it, it really comes down to things like understanding audiences, uh, making sure that you set up tracking pixels correctly so that you're grouping these audiences or, or creating newer audiences and running tests on those. There's also some tips and tricks in there with regard to optimizing for specific placements, whether it's on only on mobile devices or desktop devices or Instagram versus Facebook and what creative you use there. But yeah, there's kind of a, a body of knowledge which I've developed through the experience that I've had from big and small clients, which I'm, I'm basically willing to share with everyone who comes to my training sessions because I think they're things that if you will only learn in time. So it's more giving people a framework to say, here's how you should run a campaign. Here's the things that you should look at when you are running these campaigns if you want to get X, Y, Z as an outcome. I think it's always interesting. I, we get this across, you know, all of the courses that we run. But I think from experience, the paid social one particularly is we attract kind of two different types of audience there. So there would be the people who are perhaps kind of completely new to it and would like to kind of develop it and build experience and knowledge there. Who are starting from maybe not scratch, but certainly you know wouldn't describe themselves as confident. But also there's a different group of people: people who come here self-taught and maybe kind of have you know kind of looking for reassurance and looking for kind of confidence around that kind of thing. Do you think that kind of there's a there's a 
you know, paid social, there's kind of this self-tautness and sometimes it's good to take a step back and kind of think about it in a broad context. Yeah, I do actually. And, and one of the ways that I position my training around paid social is that people get too caught up with the fact that it's digital marketing and it's specific to social networks. You hear an awful lot of people that say social media advertising is just not for me. It's not for my brand. It won't work which I'm always willing to question. But I think mm. you need to take a step back exactly like you just said, Kelvin, and and look at the environmental and the societal kind of impact that social media has, how much it encroaches is a bit of a negative word, but encroaches on our life and how we interact with it and how social media advertising can fit into that. Because the beauty of it really is you can go way beyond just we want to bid X amount on cheap flights. And if someone clicks on it and they buy, as long as we're making a margin on that, that's great. You, you really dig down more into your target audiences, some target audiences that you want to test. And you can run really quite cost-effective campaigns to realize whether there's an opportunity there and, and target people on far, far better basis than just on what keyword they're searching for. I think kind of the digital marketing landscape's changed outside of that massively. Fantastic. And just a final question, Ned, to, to wrap things up. What do you think are kind of some of the most common takeaways, things that people would go back to the office and be able to implement relatively quickly that you see is frequently the kind of thing that people take away and, you know, though that they, they'd use? So I think from what I've seen, actually, there's a few ways I approach this. First off, tools. There's so, so many tools out there. Everything from bid management and automation to even developing creative and and kind of working with your creative materials, which can make or break a, a paid social campaign. That forms a big part of stuff that I just give away as part of my training because they're things that I've found that I've used across my time doing paid social for various different clients and that can help people, or maybe not, but there's a bunch of stuff there that they can kind of get their hands dirty with. Uh, in terms of the more kind of process-driven stuff, it's, it really is the process that I go about creating campaigns and that I advise other people do from creation to looking at the data and building out your reporting so you can look at it in the best way. And like I said, the tips or tricks that I've seen along the way of once people are doing that, what I would advise to look at as the most important metrics uh, to judge success off. And I think one of the problems, especially with Facebook advertising, is that there's so much data available to you. It's, it's about kind of seeing the wood through the trees and and actually kind of honing in on what's going to be important for you what you're looking for what your objective is fantastic i mean thanks that ned i think it's a really great oversight of um overview sorry of the the topics covered in paid social i think as we've as we've already discussed it's a it's a really interesting area one that's kind of quite dynamic there's a lot going on and it is one of these areas that you know depending on your circumstance i can see huge value in being more knowledgeable on so thanks so much for your time on that ned and yeah i look forward to hearing more about how the course goes Excellent. Me too. <laughs> Thanks very much, Kelvin. Fantastic. Thanks, Ned. If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. 
Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So joining us today, we've got Laura Cremens. She's one of the trainers. She's been training for us at the Brighton SEO events for a number of years, and she leads the digital PR for Links training course. Laura, it'd be amazing if we could get a bit of a kind of sense of who you are, a bit about your background and how you came to work in digital PR and link building. Yeah, sure. So I work at Branded3, which is an agency. I'm the comms director there. So I essentially oversee PR, social media, content marketing, and more recently design and development as well. I've been working at Branded3 for about four and a half, five years. Prior to that, I worked in more traditional PR. So my background is not specifically in SEO prior to joining Branded3. It's more in the PR side of things. Um, But I joined kind of at the time that Penguin and manual penalties were just starting to roll out and PR was sort of seen as this thing that might be the answer to being able to generate good links that Google might not want to penalize. So started working in PR for SEO kind of that way. And yeah, I've been doing it ever since. Fantastic. And it, yeah, certainly I know it's, you know, you were as an organization, you were one of the you know first that I was really aware of that were using kind of PR approaches to achieve SEO outcomes and you know achieve links. You know, and obviously a lot's changed in that intervening time. Is what are some of the skills that you think you know? Is there something? Is it a unique discipline and a unique approach PR for link building? And you know, would that still be handled a bit differently from how a traditional PR organization might or how a traditional SEO organization might? I think it is. I think it's probably more the PR skills than the SEO skills. So what we tend to do in terms of when we're recruiting for our PR team, we tend to hire people with PR experience over people with SEO experience because the main thing that we'd need to do is build relationships with journalists, bloggers, influencers, and they're very much the core traditional PR skills anyone working in PR would have, as opposed to potentially the SEO skills, which tend to be a lot more analytical and technical, um, because we we still have kind of our technical team that, that handle that side of things. So I think it is kind of the traditional PR skills that we use, but then we just give people a bit of training in terms of how, how we do that online and how we Fantastic. get links from it. And with the course, you've been running it for a number of years. What are some of the topics that, you know, that always come up and, are, you know, kind of key to the success of people who are wanting to get more of a PR style approach to their SEO efforts? I mean, one of the sections of the training that always seems to have the most interest is when we go through case studies, because I think that's just the easiest way for people to visualize, okay, this is how I could put it in practice. And this is how I could do that for either my clients, if it's an agency background or, you know, for my company, um, if it's someone in-house, because we tend to get a mix of both. That tends to go down quite well. In terms of topics and questions that come up, again, one of the biggest things is how do we remove silos internally? So we still have a lot where if it's the people 
people from the SEO side of things that, you know, our PR team doesn't want to work with us or our social brand team don't want to work with us. How do we get them on board? Because we know that we need them now. Or if it's the people from the PR side of you, it's kind of, you know, these SEOs are speaking another language. How do we understand how we help them? How do we work together? So that's another of the big topics that tends to come up is just how do we communicate what we're doing with all different stakeholders because you know to succeed in SEO now you need all the different areas of a business involved so that's probably one of the big topics as well and then just tools and resources so that again people can put it into practice when they get back to back to the office because the main thing from the training is that they actually learn how to do something themselves. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I know. I think that's a kind of, yeah, big part of any training course and the success. It's not just kind of what you learn on the day, but what you're then able to, to take back and implement and, and, you know, use on that side of things. So I know that, you know, it, you talked about some of the tools there, some of the, the approaches that you can use. Is there kind of like, is it quite dramatic and new that people come to these tools or is it actually in many cases about taking a step away and kind of having a think about, um, what's required? Um, in terms of the tools, a lot of a lot of the SEOs are already using some of the tools, but just not in the ways that they could use them from kind of a PR point of view. So, as an example, Open Site Explorer, a lot of SEOs will already be using S- uh, Open Site Explorer, but not necessarily using it as we would do to look at kind of strategy. So, we might use it to look at a site that we want to get a link from to look at what's their most popular content, and therefore we're pitching something that's relevant. Whereas SEOs might be using that to look at, you know, um, is there going to be a potential link penalty and that kind of thing so and and then from because we also get a mix of people coming from a traditional PR background that want to learn more about digital and for them there's things like media databases and things that they're already using their biggest thing is normally how do we find the online influencers because they know how to find journalists they've done that for years but how do they find these bloggers and online influencers and again there's a lot of tools that we can bring to them that work in a similar way to what they're using but can help them find what they need. And I know that can be quite a daunting task for someone who perhaps kind of comes from more of a, you know, traditional SEO background is that kind of that influencer outreach, that kind of blogger relations that, you know, that whole process of kind of pitching. Is that something that you cover? And, you know, what are some of the, the you know, the practical advice that you offer around kind of more of that? Yes, I've got a good content idea, but I want to build a relationship with people. Anything particularly that that tends to work well to, you know, build those relationships that people need? Yeah, definitely. So we go through kind of what good and bad outreach emails, like initial contact emails look like. We also go through how to start building a relationship up on Twitter, because sometimes that can be the best starting point. A lot of the question that we do get in the training is how do you build a relationship before you've got something or how do you maintain the relationship so that it doesn't just seem like you keep going to them every time you want a link. Um, So we show lots of examples of emails, tweets, phone calls and things that we make to kind of do that relationship building a lot of it in terms of how you do it comes down to stalking to be honest a lot of what we do is stalking the influencer or journalist and finding out kind of what they're into and then bringing that into it because at the end of the day it's humans that you're trying to connect with and you, that's the biggest thing to remember is that person's got a personality there's things they like and don't like and that's the easiest way to build a relationship is like if you find out that they're really into cats or a certain tv show mention that in the original email or in your original conversation and they'll start to like you more already and want to help you yeah and i suppose that's where some of those case studies come in and those actual examples is really helpful isn't it because i know that like yeah if it feels like stalking to you is that too much is that what's common is that what's effective and being able to learn from previous examples is always helpful yeah definitely so and then it gives them something almost as a template to take away and start 
implementing themselves and we also do I always offer to check over stuff afterwards so when they're going back and putting it into practice sometimes the the guys that have done the training before will send me an email saying does this sound too much or does this sound okay and we can continue working on stuff kind of afterwards fantastic and just one kind of final question to sort of wrap us up um, Laura what do you think are some of the most common takeaways the things that people go away and implement most frequently uh, from the training of you know and you said you continue the conversations things that you know you've seen people have gone off and had quite a lot of success with I think probably the building conversations internally between the different teams is probably one of the biggest things that people tend to do. Just if they're in the SEO side of things, actually starting to talk to the PR guys and knowing how to talk to them and where they can find common interest and probably playing around with the tools and just knowing what types of content ideas will work well. They're probably the biggest things. Also just on reporting, a lot of people that come tend to just have you know link metrics that they report on or link numbers, whereas we go through all the different ways that you can show value from the work that you're doing and I think that's another quite big takeaway for them, from them because they just don't know how to sell bigger stuff in because all they're saying is we got you this many links or they've got people that say it has to be this domain authority and what we try and do is show people how you can get around that and show the other value that you get from a good PR or content marketing campaign. Fantastic. No, cheers, Laura. I can see how that bit particularly is really useful because it is that, you know, these types of projects, they're quite broad in scope. And actually, if you can kind of, you know, see the value in different ways, that's definitely quite powerful. So thanks so much for your time on that, Laura. I know this course is one that always is really, really popular for us. And, you know, it's one that people always recommend and send colleagues along to as well, which is, from my perspective, always a sign that we're covering the right sort of topics. So thanks very much for that, Laura. No problem. Thank you. And hopefully we'll see a few of you along at the next time we've got this course. If you're interested in finding out more about the training courses, you can find that all out at brightonseo.com forward slash training. If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, You need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now.